This morning's reading is from Hebrews, beginning at chapter 5 through to 6, verse 3. We have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instructions about baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, And God permitting, we will do so. Morning, everybody. Good to see you all. My name's Roger. Welcome to Dorchester Community Church, if this is your first time. If you're back after not having been for a while, it's fantastic to see you uh, here as well. If you've not spoken to someone who's in and around where you are, just turn and greet them with a lovely Christian smile, will you? Yes, that's wonderful. Michael, that was an amazing Christian smile there. Fantastic. Lovely. A few people are now leaving, okay, so much for what they felt about your smile, that's great. Well, it's good to see you all here uh, this morning. Uh, We're looking at this whole subject of learning, growing in the right direction. I'd like to thank those of you who've already shared uh, this morning, Nina, for her reading, the three of you that shared about life groups. Absolutely fantastic to hear the diversity and the buzz and the positive that you get from being in and around uh, that small group. That's brilliant. If you uh, see your relatives, now I'm not going to ask whether or not that's a positive or negative experience. Let's not go there. We'll just put that on the shelf for one moment. But if you see relatives that maybe you've not seen uh, for a while, uh, maybe um, while they're out there, they're young children, uh, they're maybe no longer little, but they were little the last time that you've seen them. You may well say to those children, my, you've suddenly shot up. Now, maybe you've heard that phrase or you've used that phrase. Of course, the reality is that's a blatant lie, isn't it? We've just lied to your nephew or your niece. They haven't just suddenly shot up at all. It just doesn't happen, does it? Growth takes time, and we know that. And the same is true spiritually. There's no such thing as somebody suddenly shooting up, whether that means something in the physical uh, sense or maybe in the spiritual sense. I can remember a man who was in their middle age, maybe uh, late 50s, I, I guess, becoming a Christian. And this was their phrase. They said, it's absolutely amazing. I feel that God has downloaded the entire lot in one hit. I feel that I can see everything now. Now, in my inside, I thought... No, you can't. But I wasn't going to discourage him. This was day one or two of this new found faith. Spiritual growth 
like physical growth, takes time. The difference is that age alone is absolutely no barometer for spiritual growth. I can remember speaking to an older person. It's thrilling that they were wanting to get baptized. We spent some some time together. They shared their entire life story, which was, I thought, the preamble as to why they were wanting to get baptized. And when they finished with, and there you are, that's my life, there had been no mention about faith in Jesus Christ at all. I thought, well, that was interesting life story. Let's now go back to the reason why we were meeting. We had to go through that. I can remember speaking with a child of about nine or ten. And always there's a little bit of additional concern. If a, if a child wants to be baptised, is that for the right reasons? Are they wanting to, to copy their parents or an adult? Do they fully understand? Well, this child actually taught me through the difference between Christianity and Judaism and the, uh, the meaning of Jesus having given his life on the cross. And they were wanting to be baptised because of, of obedience to the Lord Jesus. And I, I, sat there thinking, right, I've just received this RE lesson here uh, on baptism. It was absolutely fantastic. The older person had more life experience. The child had far deeper spiritual understanding. Well, whatever our own understanding is, the the truth would be, as we kind of look around this morning, that we're all at different stages, uh, aren't we? That would be true. Don't kind of really matter where you are, because God is so amazing, he can meet you right where you are. Whether or not this is further on in your journey, or you may well feel that you've drifted off somewhat, or you're just at the beginning, or you're there thinking, well, I'm looking at a map, thinking, I don't really know where I am at all. It's great that you're here. You're in the right place, and the good news is that God is able to meet you where you are. But for one of those people like me who's made a decision a number of years ago now to follow Jesus Christ and who sometimes thinks, you know, I'm not really sure that I'm getting anywhere or that I'm progressing as I ought, etc., etc. And we were chatting this through in Cafe Church this morning. This is the encouragement that we get from God's word. When Paul spoke to one church at Philippi and he said this, That he, that's God, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion. Wow, that takes all the pressure off. All of that feeling of, I'm not sure that that I'm getting where I need to get to. It's about our being open to what he is wanting to do in us. That's encouraging. But we would like his work in us to be a lot quicker, wouldn't we? Then you actually want to progress all that more and kind of like get somewhere and feel that, oh yeah, things are really going well now. I'm doing okay here. I'm doing okay there. Wouldn't, wouldn't you like that? But it sometimes seems to be a bit more like snail pace. Spiritual growth is never instant. We're always learning. Each and every one of us. Hence our theme this morning, growing in the right direction. We believe in learning. It's one of our values here as church. Not that we've got it right or everything all uh, all uh, on tap is being sorted. But we're going through a series of ten values that we hold dear as a church. That are goals. They're not uh, they're not a tick box thing of that uh, you've got to do, do all these things uh, as a checkup that you that you're doing okay and can be a part of the church. This is goals that we seek to encourage of one another. And you can uh, see in either the church magazine or on our website what those 10 are but why does it take so long 
Sometimes I speak with people that are very frustrated about that whole sense of where they're at. And particularly with people feeling that it is, it's just me. Then everybody else is progressing, but I'm not. Ever feel like that? You don't want to put your hand up, do you? Don't bother. Just inwardly, there's that sense, isn't there? Well, we're slow learners, aren't we? It's probably more helpful if I say about what a slow learner uh, I am. It's always been true of me, whether that's to remember directions uh, to somewhere or from somewhere. I was out last night to a place I'd probably go to about four times a year that I've been for about the last 12 years. I took a wrong turning yet again on the way home. It happens every single time. I am a slow learner. If it's how to fold a collared shirt, I mean, what is all that about? If it's how to actually uh, learn the next thing on the computer. I, poor Rich had a full head of hair before he started trying to teach me some of the stuff like that. And now look at him, poor guy. I am a slow learner. Well, we need patient teachers, those people who are going to be with us to help us along that journey, don't we? We need time to be able to do it and to do it and to do it and to do it and do it again and again. Repetition helps, doesn't it? I'll say that again. Repetition helps. You got that one. Okay, that's great. But maybe that's why God, in his infinite wisdom, repeats himself so many times in the Bible. So don't get too frustrated if you hear the same thing from here or from one of the other leaders from time to time, because that's what God does in his word. If you're into word studies, do a word study on the word rejoice. How many times we're told? To say that. Give thanks. How many times we're told to do that? Do not be afraid. Have a look at that one if you've got plenty of time. Wait upon the Lord. Praise the Lord. We need to hear the same things often over and over because we forget, don't we? And very often it's not a new thing that impacts us so much as God reminding us of what we already know, but we need that reminder in the today. And I suspect there'll be something for many of us today that we hear that isn't a new thing, but God by his spirit, I pray, plants a seed somewhere about a reminder of that which we already know. When God does repeat himself, we need to pay attention though. Repetition implies importance. Not that repeated commands are more important than the other things, but there's, there's some essence of God trying to get our attention. Often it's there in the same verse. Something is said and then something said again and then again. I wonder if anybody from time to time suffers from any level or degree of anxiety or worry or apprehension. When Jesus was talking about the cares of this world, three times he said, do not worry, do not worry, do not worry. We haven't got time to go into what the context for that was, but he's trying to impress something upon us. that There's other stuff that's more important than that which we can't maybe change. We're slow learners, but we also have much to unlearn as well. Many of you have probably uh, known in your family situation, even if it's not your own, if you've been on your own for a long period of time, either as a single person or somebody who was married and then you're divorced and you've been single for a time before then meeting and starting a new relationship, when you actually move from being a one to being a two, well, there's a whole host of unlearning that needs to take place. Because you've been used to living as a one. And now suddenly you need to think of not just yourself, but 
someone else. There'll be a process of unlearning. And you can maybe apply that in other areas of your lives uh, as well. And that process of unlearning will not happen overnight. I don't know if anybody uh, ever uh, plays golf. If you play golf and then you decide, I want to go round the course in less than 140, I'm going to have a golfing lesson, that sounds like a good idea. The first 10 lessons are going to be with that, that golfing expert trying to help you unlearn you hitting the ball or, or having your swing in a wrong way. That unlearning takes time. When someone becomes a Christian, there's a whole host of unlearning that needs to take place. There's a massive change. The Bible calls it the removing of the old self and the putting on of the new. You can check out Romans 13, Ephesians 4, Colossians 3 that are all helpful. But there's likely to be old habits, old patterns of behaviour that can take hours, days, weeks, let's be more honest, for some of us, years to seek to change. There's no piddle, quick fix principle. Now God can and often does bring immediate change into our lives. Think about uh, that guy that I mentioned right at the start of the message today that that in his uh, late 50s suddenly felt God had downloaded everything. Well, there would have been immediate change. I don't doubt that. That's probably what he's thinking of. But I wonder how long it took him to realise that there was a whole host of other stuff that was going to take him years uh, to change. How we need God's grace to help us. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. There's a most amazing verse. Where we have this as an encouragement. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. So that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We need that ongoing grace all the time to help us when we're struggling. When we feel we're not really getting there. Or when we're making those mistakes. But when we do, then we also alongside need that amazing mercy of God to say, it's okay. Forgiven. Let's start again. It's a beautiful verse. Hebrews 4, verse 16. Sometimes maybe we're afraid to face up to what we should change or relearn. Because that may well mean us re-looking and re-examine ourselves in the mirror. Maybe changing some of the things that we feel make us who we are. And that can be an uncomfortable process. Because none of us like change. It's much more comfortable to stay as we are. But actually if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. This God loves us as we are. But he loves us too much to leave us in that place. There's some rough edges. There's some change of decisions and thinking that we need to have occurring. Uh, Well, it's just the way I am is a cop-out, really, because it can often express simply an unwillingness to change. Well, we're slow learners. We have much to relearn. But also there are times when maybe we don't want to learn. If we're honest about it. I just want to drop that into you. Because uh, for some Christians. Maybe we know the words parrot fashion. But the reality isn't always there. Our priorities are maybe elsewhere. 
Well, we know what's going to be taught. We know the whole Jesus on the cross thing. So we kind of switch off a bit. And that learning, instead of being on an upward uh, upward trend, kind of like Peter's out and we're in sort of like maintenance uh, mode. We can rehearse the script. We maybe spend little time with God. Maybe we, we seldom read our Bible. We'd rather do something that we feel is going to be of immediate, practical or material benefit. Because that's going to be to my, uh, to my enjoyment and my greater fulfillment. It was lovely to uh, recently go to visit uh, Janet in hospital. Uh, Jane tipped me off that uh, Janet had been taken up and well. Uh, Janet is at Fleur de Lis and she got rushed into hospital with breathing uh, problems. Janet is 98, okay? And, uh, and her with a couple of her friends, they're looking at, uh, at membership of the church here, which is great. I didn't know Janet that well until going in uh, on, I think, a Sunday evening to go and visit uh, her in uh, at DCH. And, wow, what a lady. She was driving up until five or six months ago. And to hear her life story about being involved in education and stuff like that, there was quite a wow factor. I thought, well, I came in here to actually try to cheer her up. And I just sat in awe of this amazing woman. And then she shared about what she gains from you lot. Wow, she said, you know, I've been an Anglican my entire life, she said. And, uh, but she said, do you know what I really love? Is the amount that the, the Bible is referred to. That the Bible is taught. It doesn't matter who's leading. It doesn't matter what part they're playing in the service. But over and over, I'm hearing God's word. I'm hearing the Bible be taught. And we can always be learning. And I thought, wow, that's great. And I'm sat there thinking, what a church. <laughs> she then added, I know, I know the community church isn't as spiritual as the Anglican church. <laughs> which kind of like, rather tickled me. Pink. But she said, I love it. I love it. Died a bit of a wry smile there. So I don't know what you're laughing at because you're unspiritual apparently. There we go. But that whole thing of we can always learn. From someone who's spent their entire life within a church community and at age 98 has got that as their testimony. What a woman to indeed um, honour. So how can we recognise where we're at and maybe be involved in whatever progression God is wanting for our lives. Well, first thing I think is this. Believe that God is doing far more than you see. Often we're pretty good at knocking ourselves over over the head as a Christian feeling we're not getting anywhere, but other people uh, are. And there's something wrong with me because I I look around and, and everybody else is doing so much better than me. How do we judge that? You see, the thing is, those people that you're placing on a pedestal are also talking to me about the same thing that you're saying to me about everybody else is progressing and I'm not. Faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what we do not see. All oak trees started as what? Little tiny acorns. You don't see them underground or notice when they're pretty small. But look at the end result when you see that incredible oak tree. That's taken a great deal of time. But there's been that which was unseen that was so important. And obviously the roots are self-explanatory as well. I wonder how often you've heard a God story or a testimony or, or something about uh, somebody's life uh, that, they, uh, that they were involved in in terms of their own serving God or whatever. And thought, wow, I had no idea 
that that person did this or that or was so involved or that was their heart or their passion. Maybe a bit like I've just shared about, about Janet. But God had been at work despite what we didn't see. As if we think our eyes tell us everything. Believe that God is active and at work. One of the reasons maybe we feel we're not growing can be because, you know, deep down we care. It does matter to us. And God loves that. If you've got the heart that's frustrated, "Ah, I feel as if I'm not getting it. But it speaks about that high expectation we've got of ourselves because it matters. And if that's the place that you're in, that's a positive thing, I think. It does matter. But be encouraged that God is never dormant. He is already involved, even as we speak. So, believe that God is at work. But secondly, persevere. I want to tell you about uh, something that we had as a ministry for a few years here as a church. Uh, we ran a, a church football team. Uh, Simon and myself were involved in, in setting that up. And we wanted that to be a, a witness in the local league. It wasn't a church uh, league at all. So we entered uh, in the bottom local uh, league, Division 5, uh, I think it was. And we were really consistent in that first <laughs> season. Uh, we played 12 matches. And we lost 12 matches. But we kept going. We persevered. And week by week we would be asked you know, on the Sunday, how did you get on yesterday? We lost again. It's difficult to keep going. It's difficult to build discipline. It was difficult to keep morale up. But we kept persevering. Now if a bunch of guys can do that in terms of a football team because of their, their passion there then surely, as Christians, with God's Holy Spirit within us, we have an additional power and resource to enable us to keep going. It takes time to build good habits, but our habits form our character. What goes in, comes out. So ensuring we have the right spiritual food going in is essential. And you can get that with all those discussions that you've heard that take place uh, in terms of the the different uh, life group. (laughs) I love what Alan said about we've been uh, involved in going through uh, Colossians probably since just after it was written. I thought that was brilliant. But it's good to delve into God's word. We're going to think about that a lot more this evening. So if you're wondering where the Bible fits and what you can get out of it, then I'd encourage you to come back at at 6 o'clock this evening. But it's why it's important, I think, us meeting together here. We can encourage one another. There's corporate worship, but there's also that sense of uh, hearing the word be uh, unpacked. For others of you, it will be very precious when you spend your time one-to-one with God. We've got different Bible study booklets that you can just scoop up in the foyer on your way out. That can be a help for us as well. A number of us met yesterday at what's called Cafe Church, where there's no sermon as such, but Glenn, as he was facilitating, that was just encouraging us around the tables over coffee and some yummy chocolate pastries to share and delve into God's Word and share with one another. What do you get out of that? And we always learn from one another. It's great. And if you do come, sit on Michael's table. He is the best person to be in a group with. This guy's amazing. He's so amazing, you don't even realise it. But that which comes out, you think, we lap that up like a sponge, each of us. Always really, really good times. 
But it takes effort. All those different things. This is what Paul told, told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 15 and 16. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them and persevere in them. A few years ago, not sure of, of the year, but not that long ago, I read a, a statistic that 50% of all time on the internet in the UK is spent on Facebook. Now, I'm sure the percentage is maybe a little bit different to that. People have time for Facebook. Now, within that percentage, there'd be bucket loads of Christians as well. They probably have got time for Facebook, but may well not have time to actually read God's word. That would be very often what you, well, I'm so busy, I've not got time. Have a check on how long your screen says that you are on your mobile phone each day. Some of you will be pretty shocked. I know someone this week that said, you know, my phone said that I'd been on my uh, phone screen for four and a half hours this week before a mobile phone, that they had, before they had a mobile phone. Where would that four and a half hours have been spent? We make time for that which we feel is important to us, don't we? And whether it's a mobile phone or others. Uh, and by the way, if you're um, following God's word with uh, you know, your mobile phone, don't suddenly put it away because you're feeling guilty that people think uh, you're texting. I know a lot of people download God's word on, on their phone, which is absolutely fine. If you're using it as an excuse and a cover-up, that's a different thing entirely. Okay. I want to think, uh, of, a young, uh, think of a young couple. Very busy couple. And uh, then uh, she fell pregnant. I mean, the couple uh, before uh, she fell pregnant, they didn't have time for anything. She then becomes pregnant. What then happens when that baby is born? Well, are they going to issue an apology uh, to that child? Really sorry, we actually haven't got any time to look after you uh, whatsoever or spend any time with you. We're busy people. What happens to not just that couple, but any couple? Everything changes, does it not? You're forced. You're forced into it. Suddenly, that little, I'm going to get in trouble if I say thing, aren't I? This, this small, beautiful creation of God that comes into that family's life, everything changes because of a new set and newfound priorities. What about you? What is most important? As maybe you take stock this morning, can I gently encourage you to reflect on where God's word comes in our priorities, where that time with him comes. So let's seek to persevere. And I need that just as much as anybody else, maybe a little bit more. But lastly, do not give up meeting together. So now that's an encouragement because you're all sat there thinking, yes, and I was going to stay at home today. Now I'm feeling very, very good in myself, having turned up and plopped myself on a chair. The writer to the Hebrews says these words. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us continue and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day of Christ's return. 
For many Christians, it would be true that that they lead, that they meet less for worship now than maybe 20 years ago. Others are maybe more irregularly than they used to be, or are selective to what they come to, or who arrive late, or whatever. Now that those, that verse Hebrews 10, verse 25, would seem to apply something a lot more than attendance being just a tick box item. It's there because of that which we receive, but also for that which we give. Elsewhere, scripture speaks about us coming into a corporate community together, that we might seek opportunities for that which God wants us to give to one another. May we well be helping in the survey this morning. Could well be you've picked up on what Joy mentioned about community talks. At this fantastic ministry with about six helpers every week. Suddenly they've got three tomorrow. And you think, I could do that. Turn up, speak to Joy or to Jean or to Mandy who are here this morning. So that you know what you're coming into. They have a great load of fun. It could well be that God gives you an opportunity to sit with somebody that nobody else is talking to. Let's not make a decision about not coming because of what we might not get. I'm pretty fed up about the amount of times I've heard that. Well, I I don't seem to get anything these days. All right. Pretty selfish, isn't it? Is that really what it's all about? Come to receive. Come expectant. Become expectant to share, to love, to befriend, and to give of yourself to someone else. It may well be that God gives just you that opportunity that you've seen nobody else has. Could well be you just happen to turn around over coffee and there's somebody who stood right there that had you not been there, you wouldn't have had that conversation. But they need to talk to somebody. May well not be about anything deep and meaningful. But they need a friend, or they need a listening ear, or they need an encouragement, uh, whatever it is. Let's not give up meeting together. Prioritise being uh, with others. There's obviously an assumption from the writer here that Christians will be meeting for something corporate by way uh, of worship. We don't know the reason why uh, others maybe were choosing to get out of that habit of meeting together. But what we do know is that it's very easy to get out of the habit of being amongst God's people, isn't it? And of course, when we give ourselves a week off or a couple of weeks off, it's even easier to justify not coming. And oh, how can I make it even Ah, I know, I'll blame somebody else for not being in touch with me, for not having contact with me. And now that's valid to a point. But it's our responsibility to be in the people of God. It's our responsibility to respond to Hebrews 10.25. Nobody else's. The two go hand in hand together, doesn't it? Yes, of course, it's right that we look out for others. But I've got a responsibility, just as you have as a follower of Jesus Christ, to be in and around his people. I'm a bit too busy. Well, I didn't feel like it this week. Oh, we're having a break. We can't seem to get the children ready. Oh, too tired. That's a good game on TV. I don't really feel I need it every week. Yeah, but I don't like the way that you do. Well, we have people coming to lunch. I could write a book on the justifiable reasons why people choose to not come. You may well have seen a few people this morning wearing one of these. And you've been thinking, why are they wearing one of these? It was great this morning. You'll know uh, Jacob. Jacob who, who comes up here normally to share a car in celebrations. Because he shares about a car each week, 
he came straight over to me this morning and said, Oh, you've got an owl plate on, Roger? I said, Jacob, you tell me. You know what an owl plate is, don't you? Yes? Where do you see an owl plate? On a car. Why has that person on a car got an owl plate? They're learning. He got it. Jacob got it. Talk to Jacob about L plates. And there are a few other people that are, are scattered around that have got these L plates. Uh, why? And there's another one uh, here, as you've, uh, as you've seen. I love the, uh, the conversation that was going on on the, uh, with a, there's a, a WhatsApp group for the worship group. And, uh, and Wei Liang, uh, kind of added something on there as I mentioned what the theme was. And I said, look, I think it'd be good. I'm going to wear one of these. It'd be good if a few of us did. And Wei Liang said, oh, oh maybe, maybe what, what would be good is if we, if we sort of like make some m- mistakes, you know, when we're playing some of the songs. Uh, to which Tom replied, well, I thought we did that every week anyway, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Uh, I'm not sure that Wei Liang thought that was particularly brilliant, but there we go. I'll tell you what we got this song. Because when my son, years ago, passed his test, and, and Steve's a, a great driver, and he, he learned to drive pretty uh, easily. When he passed his test, the first thing he did was get hold of that L-plate, rip it off the car, and rip it up. Now, I'm thinking, hang on, we got somebody else in the house that those L-plates could have so clicked into dad mode. What are you doing? He said, it feels so, so good to not need those L-plates anymore. Okay, fair enough. I'll have to get the sellotape out. <laughs> now, think about this as a question in life. At what time, at what stage of your life would you feel qualified to rip up your L-plates? It's quite deliberate why I've got this on this morning. Oh, but you're a pastor of a church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means I'm even more aware of my own failings. And Dee's got L plates on. Rich, he's got L plates on. Ain't it just people that make mistakes? Glenn, I noticed that you haven't got an L plate on, have you? Well, Glenn did with a brilliant job hosting Cafe Church yesterday. First time he's, he's done it. And Glenn's brilliant. Got a lot of respect for Glenn. This was his opening line. Uh, morning, everybody. Welcome to Dorchester Family Church. <laughs> Where's that about, Glenn? Come on. Round of applause for Glenn, please. Get that outplay on. <laughs> we we bumped into each other in the corridor. He said, "Oh, he said, I see a few people have got uh, have got uh, got L plates on this morning." He said, "Am I supposed to have one of those?" I said, "I've got one left, but not yet." He said, uh, I know where you're going with this <laughs> cheap gag, but it works. <laughs> We're all learning, aren't we? We all make mistakes. That was a simple one, but let's be honest. There's none of us here that's not going to make a mistake in our own life that we're leading, that we're leading, or in terms of how we appropriate our worship to God. None of us. Before probably the days out, but certainly this week, we each of us need our L plates on. We're going to make mistakes, but let's not be over harsh on ourselves. Please don't look at the people that have got their L plates on this morning and think. Yeah, I bet you did something especially bad. They're there just as a reminder of what we should each be wearing. Matthew 28, we're told then by the Lord Jesus to go and make disciples. Do you know what the word disciple means? It means learner. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a learner. 
For some of you, I hope you go home and you actually make your own outplate, just as a reminder that you're loved as you are, but we're on a journey. And part of that as ourselves individually and also as a church is that we're seeking to learn how we might do that. And the closer we get to that and the further on we get within that, that's how we capture a fresh sense of God. As a part of our overriding theme for this year, 2020 vision, seeing God clearly. We've got that opportunity as we say, as we take our learning seriously. Ideal learning, I think, comes from a balance of three things. Could well be more, but I just want to mention three. We've got that opportunity to learn with ourselves having a one-to-one with God every day. He's not going anywhere. He's there. One-to-one. We've got that opportunity, as you've heard already, as as Chris has been touring round on his uh, international tour of the life groups of Dorchester Community Church. We've got the opportunity to meet together within a small group that we might then learn from one another or in cafe church. That's where that learning occurs, in a close-knit community. But we've also got, thirdly, that opportunity to learn week by week where we place ourselves deliberately under the word of God, under the preached and applied word of God. Three opportunities. We'd have a bias, we'd have a preference, we'd be the, uh, those people that have each got maybe a strength in some areas and a weakness in others. That's okay. But there's a healthy balance, I believe, and a seeking to explore how we might embrace each of those. I trust that that is what you will take on board. And if you're unsure where you're at, or if you're unsure how to even start that journey, this morning isn't about that, but do come and share with us. Come and have a conversation, because you can start that journey with being a follower of Jesus Christ right now. Right now. It's the most important decision that you will ever make. For those of you that are going to be in the majority, you are already followers of Jesus Christ. Remember what Janet shared, age 98, about we can always still learn. How might you learn to be a more effective follower and witness of our Lord Jesus Christ? Glyn is going to come and lead us in a time of prayer, and then Martin will lead us in a time of worship as we seek to respond to God. With his L plates on, and on behalf of Dorchester Family Church, or maybe Community Church, we we all have those moments, don't we? I wanted to start with that um, Roger uh, alluded to. I think we want to be a church like this one in Philippians. It says Paul's talking to the Philippians, and he says. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day till till now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Because that's what it is. He's doing that work within you. And we just have to partner, as Paul talks about. So I thought, let's pray.
God, sometimes we feel so tired. We feel drained. We feel so busy. We're rushing around. But Lord, let's just take. We want to take a few seconds just to reflect on what we've been taught this morning. What you're saying in our hearts, Lord Jesus. I'm just going to wait 30 seconds. It's not long. But let God speak. thank you for touching us for being with us this day for coming into our hearts Lord we just say we need you we can't do this on our own it's you we need and we give you all the glory Lord for that this I call to mind and therefore I have hope The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O Lord. And we say together that the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I will put my hope in him. Almighty God, we willingly lay down our lives before you this morning. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. Please pour your mighty power through us so that Jesus might be glorified in all we think, in all we say, and all we do. May your kingdom come in power, transforming us and the world around us. Lord, take all that we've learned today to heart. Help us to take it to heart. Help us to take time to get to know you and your ways better. Help us to prioritise our lives better and to focus on you more so that we might glorify you. Let's finish our prayers. Many will, will know and I'll read it out. With the grace. So can those that you can remember it, let's say it together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.